God bless you, and welcome back to Yesterday Ended. This is your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thanks for joining me again today. A couple of weeks ago, I did an episode entitled, It Is His Love. What an awesome realization that Jesus loved us enough to die for us, to give his life for us. Not only did he give us life, but he gave us freedom from fear and from every trauma we have ever faced. We have a wonderful relationship with the greatest lover of all times. We are the disciple that Jesus loves. But a relationship should not be one-sided. Today, I want to consider what it takes to love him back, to be in a deep relationship with him and reciprocate the love he has for us. Our greatest deliverance comes from an intimate relationship with him. What does it take to be a faithful disciple and friend of Jesus? Give a listen. In sports, there's a name given to players who do not play in the game. They're called bench warmers. In the grand scheme of sports, there are players and there are spectators. This should not be the case in Christianity. We should have a walk with Jesus, not just be a pew warmer. Jesus laid down certain commandments for his followers. There's one name for his true followers that show our proper relationship with him. Today's poem is entitled, Friends of Jesus. His sheep hear his voice, and what does that voice say? To hear him it is our choice, will we follow him this day? Unto him we gaze, turning away from all, but where will our looking stay, upon what will our eyes fall? Will I do his will, showing my love is true? The commandment to fulfill, to him all my love is due. Following him now, will I take up my cross, yoke closely with him to plow, rejoicing he is my boss. More than this he is, forever a true friend. The invitation is his, and it will never end. At the door he knocks, an invitation he awaits. Love for him the door unlocks, Love for him, our action state. How is your relationship with Jesus? He gave us a few simple commandments that define our responsibilities in the relationship. Let's start off with the big one in John fourteen fifteen. If you love me, keep my commandments. That is very straight and to the point. Keeping the commandments of Jesus proves our love for him. And the commandment itself is to love. We are to love others as he loved us. That was the new commandment he gave us. The old commandment was to love our neighbors as ourselves. But the love of Jesus is love to the point of sacrifice. It is a love that costs us something. So if we are to love Jesus, we must sacrifice our will and obey him as our Lord. This type of love is not casual. Jesus points this out in John 15. We pick it up in verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. 
but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Here Jesus defines what great love is, a willingness to sacrifice oneself. There are two types of servants described in Scripture. The first comes from the Greek word diakonos and indicates a simple minister or servant that serves out of duty or responsibility. The second type of servant is from the Greek word doulos and is translated sometimes as bond slave. The bond slave was one who serves out of love. Jesus says that he will no longer call us bond slaves, but now he will call us friends. He calls us friends if we'll do whatsoever he commands us. So my question to you today is, do you want to be a friend of Jesus? In our society, it is odd to think of friends commanding one another. When I think of responding to a friend who has invited me out to dinner and they ask me to be there at a certain time, it does not seem like a command. It is a request. But then Jesus is not just any common friend. He is still our Lord. But as a friend, he is one that is inviting us into his inner circle. Jesus sets the highest standards. He speaks of a love that is willing to die for that friend. And Jesus was willing to do so for us. But he turns to us and asks us to do the same. There's another section of scripture where Jesus lays out his basic commands for discipleship with him. We find it in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Those that would come after Jesus have three things to do. First, they are to deny themselves. Secondly, they are to take up their cross. And finally, they are to follow him. We have an example of denying someone in the life of Peter. He denied Christ repeatedly. He said, I don't know the man. The challenge is to get to the point in our lives where we don't know ourselves our desires and our appetites and our needs and our will. We get a sense of what this means from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Am I living for me or am I living for him? Who will I serve? To serve Jesus, I must serve others. Do we have a willingness to serve Jesus first, others second, and ourselves last? When we are willing to be last, to get our eyes off ourselves and onto others, we receive the benefit of not being self-centered. We receive the benefit of not focusing on our problems. We receive the benefit of giving in true love. In these actions, we prove we are the friends of Jesus. Our next responsibility is to take up our cross. If you're not living for yourself, you have already begun to take up your cross. It is a willingness again to die to self, to sacrifice self. Fortunately, we are called to be living sacrifices. Here it is, the sacrifice of our will to the extent that we are 
willing to do his will. As Jesus said to the Father in the garden, not my will, but thine be done. And lastly, we are to follow him. This again indicates a close relationship with him. It is a willingness to do as he has done. He is our example. We see this in 1 Peter 2.21. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. This word for example is unique in that it is only used once in Scripture. He gave us a copy of his steps. He is the way we walk. As a teacher gives a student a copy of his handwriting for them to learn how to write, Jesus gave us a copy of how to walk like him. To accomplish this, we must keep our eyes upon Jesus. To accomplish this, We must know him. Many people follow sports figures or singers and musicians very closely, and at times these people try and emulate those they follow. People do many things to associate themselves with those they admire, but we need to do more than simply admire Jesus. We must adore him. We must listen to him. We must obey him. Then we can be assured We are in love with him. Relationships are built over time. As we interact with someone new, we learn about them, their qualities and traits, and slowly over time, some sort of relationship is built. I have become friendly with people at certain retail outlets and restaurants that I visit from time to time, but I wouldn't necessarily call them my friends. It is a casual relationship because I don't interact with them every day nor do I share intimate details of my life with these people. For a true, intimate relationship, we must continue very frequently and openly. This reality is seen in John 8.31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. The word continue means to dwell in, or to live in, to abide. Continuing in the words of Christ makes us his disciples, and disciples are, as the name implies, disciplined ones, people who take their faith very seriously. Deep disciples take the time to interact with Jesus more than once a week. And Jesus wants that intimate relationship with us. He calls us to take his yoke upon ourselves and learn of him. That doesn't happen overnight. And he makes an invitation to us that is most intimate considering the culture of the Middle East. Strangers do not eat together, but listen to this invitation in Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Jesus wants to show up at your house and have breakfast or lunch or dinner or perhaps all three. He wants to eat with you. That's a great way to get to know somebody, to spend time chatting over a nice meal. This is a picture of true friendship. I love to host people at my house and cook for them. 
I love to see their smiling faces as we break bread together, which is, according to Acts 2.42, a foundational principle of the Christian walk. How well are we following the example of the first century church in this? How well are we serving others? There is a parable that Jesus teaches in Matthew 25 about a king and his people. The summation is in verse 40. And the king shall answer and say to them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. How we serve others is how we serve Jesus. How well are you serving Jesus? How much of your life is focused on others? The whole of Jesus' life was to deliver mankind from their sin. He said that this was the reason why he came. It is said of Jesus that he is sitting at the right hand of the Father in majesty. But do not let him be a distant ethereal savior. At one point in your life, you made a decision to invite Jesus into your heart to be your Savior. Perhaps today is the day to invite him into your life to be a real friend. It's up to us to love him and do his commandments. He awaits you to embrace you and love you some more. One of the greatest riches in life is friendship. To have those people that we love and that they love us back. We're blessed with the greatest friend of all, Jesus Christ, who showed us the greatest love in that he gave his life for us. Because of Jesus, every blessing of God flows to us as we connect with the Father through Jesus. We only have a relationship with the Father because of the sacrifice of Jesus. I've been told that the greatest way to show thankfulness and appreciation for a gift is to use it. What are we doing with the freedom from fear Jesus obtained for us? What are we doing with the relationship with the Father that he established for us? What are we doing with the Holy Spirit that he shed abroad for us? What are we doing to show our love for him? 